from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning on on Friday, I said Monday, Friday, March 16th, 2018. We are here for the broadcast number 51. We just hit our 50th broadcast this week of 2018 alone, so halfway to 100 in just 2018 and we're halfway through March. We've already hit that. We did over 200 shows last year, and we are at a place right now where we're at over 1,000 shows all together. Johnny said he is fired up today. Happy that Johnny's listening in to the show. And I knew that Johnny would be happy about today's show because I know that, uh, you know, I appreciate all the listeners that we have and those that are devout that listen pretty much every day, like Johnny. But Johnny's fired up because. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is broadcasting to you live from Detroit. For the first time ever, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is live from Detroit, Michigan. We have, in the last two weeks, been live from Brooklyn during championship week in the ACC tournament. My coverage of the ACC, over 50 interviews done with student-athletes while I was there throughout the Atlantic Coast Conference, all the way to the championship game. And then from there, moving forward to uh, go back home to central New York and back to the studios and do what we do there. And then after doing one show back at home, went on the road to Dayton, Ohio, went live from Dayton, Ohio in the first four of the NCAA tournament, the first four with Texas Southern 16 seed going up against NC Central for the right to play Xavier and Texas Southern won that game. Syracuse going up against Arizona State for the right to be the number 11 seed outright to play TCU, as well as St. Bonaventure going up against UCLA, 11 seeds for the right to play Florida, and the 16-seeded Radford team going up against LIU Brooklyn for the right to play Villanova. So I was in Dayton, Ohio, covering the first four for the first time ever and had an opportunity to be there. Typically, Syracuse is not in a play-in game, and they were this time around, so I got to see them there and cover that. And then literally woke up – what's today? Today is Friday. So woke up Thursday morning. After covering Syracuse's game into the wee hours of Wednesday night, woke up Thursday morning, got on a plane, and flew to Detroit to broadcast live from Detroit. So so I have been home less than 48 hours in the last two weeks, and we have been able to broadcast the show live from Brooklyn, New York, Dayton, Ohio, and now today, right in this moment, we're making history by broadcasting live from Detroit, Michigan. So to my Detroiters out there, to my Michigangstas, whatever it may be, uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in and thank you to Central and Upstate New York as always, as well as up and down the East Coast, my second home of Florida, the Midwest and the West Coast. So it's pretty cool to be out here in Detroit, Michigan. And I had an opportunity, I want to give a shout out to 
those that are, are helping get the media back and forth to the Little Caesars Arena is I, I, I had made a statement that I wanted to see Ford Field, you know, that I wanted to go buy it and whatnot. And our driver said, he's like, oh, he said, yeah. He's like, uh, and this is the media driver for the shuttle. So he's supposed to take us back and forth um, just to the arena, the uh, Little Caesars Arena that covers the Detroit, well, that obviously houses the Detroit Pistons and that will be hosting the NCAA tournament rounds one and two. So I was you know, curious about what's going on around Detroit. And I said, I'd love to see Ford field. And my driver said he was, I was the only one in the car. And he said to me, he said, what we're going to do is he's like, I'm going to bring you down there. And I was just hoping, you know, like maybe sneak into the front seat and be able to take a picture and whatnot. He goes, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to give you some time. So he said, we're going to go up to Ford Field. I'm going to pull over. You can get out, take some pictures, do whatever you need to do. And then he said, just walk up a little bit because Comerica Park, which is the home of the Detroit Tigers, is right across the street. And he said, you could take some pictures there. And, I mean, it was the craziest thing. So he's supposed to be driving me to Little Caesars Arena so I could go do what I do with the press conferences and the practices for the teams in the NCAA tournament that are at the host site of Detroit. And on the way there, he pulls over, stops for me at Ford Field. Then I go over to Comerica Park, and he drives up closer, lets me do some video, take some pictures, do what I need to do, and then picks me up and brings me over to the arena. No questions asked. Nothing at all. So I got the VIP treatment and got to shoot a video in front of Ford Field and a video in front of Comerica Park. So if you have not seen them, you can go to Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, that's C A L L D T, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. See my video in front of Ford Field, the home of the Detroit Lions, and Comerica Park, the home of the Detroit Tigers. And for somebody like Johnny, who is my Central New York resident Detroit Lions fan, you know, I I, uh, I did some of the stuff for you, buddy. I was like, I can't I can't be here and not go to Ford Field. I want Johnny to see this video. So it was really cool for me to be able to do something like that. And, you know, I care about my listeners. You know, I care about, you know, each and every single one of you that takes the time to be a part of my journey. And, you know, I wake up and do what I love every single day. And the fact that there's people that love watching and listening and reading me do what I love is, I mean, that, that goes above and beyond. It's one thing to have a passion. It's one thing to have a dream. And it's another thing to be able to share that with other people that appreciate it. So somebody like Johnny, who has consistently supported the show and consistently supported everything that I do with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media and on WakeUpCallDT.com, this is my way to repay you. When I'm in a city that you love, a city that houses a team that you love more than any other in the NFL, how can I not go and do a little surprise for you. So, you know, I want to I want to thank Detroit for welcoming me in. I have flown through Detroit a thousand times, but I've never been to Detroit, and this is my first experience of Detroit. So, you know, it's been a great experience. I've had a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. I appreciate people. I appreciate the uh, the entire kind of ambiance of it, and I just want to say thank you, you know. I had an awesome driver coming in, and, and I had 
you know, just like I said, the awesome experience, the VIP tour of downtown Detroit. So, you know, I do these things because I want to learn about the places that I'm in. And I want, you know, the people that I am speaking with, you know, the people that are listening. And I want you to know that I appreciate your town. I appreciate your city and that I want the best for you. And I know Detroit and, and Michigan as a whole is, is a place that has has been, you know, hurting. And the questions come up of when are the jobs coming back and what opportunities can people have here. And, you know, I know that there's issues in society. I know that there's things going on. I know that, you know, drugs affect people. I know that there's just a lot of things that have happened over time. And it is my hope and it is my prayer that people that have lost their their jobs and drugs that, that have gone on and communities that have seen companies pull out and this and that, that that will change. And I hope that Detroit is, you know, I hope that I'm here today in Detroit, Michigan, broadcasting live, and that when I come back here in a year or two or whatever it may be, that I am seeing the change. I hope that as I'm speaking to you this morning, there are people working diligently in the shadows to make positive change occur. And I hope nothing but the best for Detroit. So I want to thank you. I know you're trying to get an MLS team. I hope that all that works out for the best for you. I know that you have the Pistons and the Lions and the Tigers and the Red Wings. And and you should be very, very proud. So, you know, I got to, you know, kind of live vicariously through Johnny as Johnny lived vicariously through me being here in Detroit. And I just want to thank the next stop for Wake Up Call. You know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to broadcast the show, let alone broadcast the show live on location from places like Brooklyn, New York, and Dayton, Ohio, and Detroit, Michigan, and St. Augustine, Florida, and Jacksonville, Florida, and Orlando, Florida, and Washington, D.C., and the list goes on and on and on and on, and I, and I can't thank you enough. So God bless and, and much appreciation. I do want to get really quickly to the annoying moment of the week. So let's jump into that uh, really quick here. Before we do that, though, Johnny had some things to say. So what did Johnny say here? He said, I'm fired up today. You went to the Mecca, the Holy Grail, the Lion's Den, restore the roar. Yay. I got. I just got chills. This is too much. Classy. So happy to know that, uh, that you appreciate it, Johnny, because like I said, I thought about you 100% being down here in Detroit. Let's take the morning menu. Let's get you ready for the show with that type of feel, and we'll get into the annoying moment of the week right after. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. In today's morning menu, we're going to start off the show as we always do every Friday with the annoying moment of the week. We will move on from the annoying moment of the week to get into a live significant sound bites conversation that will happen with Herm Frazier, the senior deputy athletic director at Syracuse University, who is here in Detroit as well, watching the NCAA tournament, watching Syracuse take on TCU tonight. 
and then we'll get into my interviews with the Syracuse Orange coming off of their first four victory, their play-in game to stay in the tournament. Had an opportunity to speak with every player that was on the court, so Marek Dolajai, Barama Sidibe, Pascal Chuku, as well as Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, and O'Shea Brissett. So you'll hear from all of them on the show. And then following that in the second hour of the show, you'll hear Jim Beheim's direct response to my question that I posed to him going into this game against TCU, and then multiple answers from questions that I gave to Jamie Dixon, the former Pitt, now TCU head coach. It's all coming up on today's broadcast, but not before the annoying moment. Dan Tortora proudly brings you... Is that for real? Are you kidding me? The annoying moment of the week. I, I really, honestly, I don't know how to respond to this. Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like. Do you have to be that crazy? I guess so. Today's annoying moment of the week, plain and simple. It was something that I read this morning. Positive people can find a way to be happy in a blizzard, to be happy in a tornado, to be happy in a moment where they feel like they've lost everything, to be happy when they don't have all the material goods they want, to be happy when they're in a relationship that doesn't work out the way that they want it to. Good people, positive people can find a way no matter what to be happy and to be positive because positivity is not contingent on getting gifts. Positivity is not contingent on the things you have. Positivity is the beholder saying, no matter what happens, I'm going to feel good about my life. And the fact of the matter is negative people can complain in paradise. So I ask you this morning that if you're complaining about something, if you're upset about something, if something bothers you, give yourself a, a hug. Tell yourself that it's human nature to be bothered by something. And then move forward. But don't let this world get you down. Don't let this world change things. I mean, I'm here in Detroit, Michigan. I've never been to Detroit before. I have heard about Detroit forever. I've heard about Michigan forever. But I'm here today. So if I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, something happened back at home and I got to deal with this and I got to deal with that and I got to get this commercial and I got to da 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 If I, you know, my wife said to me yesterday, she goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? She said, you are in Detroit you are doing what you love. I'm sorry. Are you not supposed to be enjoying yourself right now? And it's the truth. It is the truth. Do not let yourself be negative. Do not let your heart be heavy. Give this world the best you got and understand that the world will give you back the best it has because what you put in is what you get out. And if you put in negativity, you will eventually see it. If you put in positivity, you will eventually see it. So the annoying moment of the week is very simple. Tackle each problem as an opportunity, an opportunity to grow as a person and an opportunity to find a solution. Do not tackle a problem as a problem. Do not tackle a problem as something that is going to tear you down and rip you apart and cause you to not be who you are. I'm exhausted, okay, but I love what I do. So I could walk around here and go, oh, I just want this to end. I'm so tired. No. I want all these teams to do well. I want all these teams to succeed, and I will be here as long as they will have me. As long as my schedule permits, I will be here. And I have events all this coming week that I have said I will be there for, and I will be there for irregardless of what happens because I gave my word. 
I will do the best I can, and the best I can is what I will do. And that's all we can ask of ourselves. Do not complain in your life. Be happy, be appreciative, and know that God would never leave you with nothing. He would never leave you without a gift. He would never leave you without somebody to help you through your strife. He never, ever, ever, ever forsakes or forgets you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever let that go by. Know that he is there and know that he is watching and know that he is happy for you and he wants the best for you. And know that if you want anything less than the best for yourself, you're not living life to its fullest. It is so easy to complain in the world we live in today. And I have things on my chest this morning, but you know what? I cannot go through life just dealing with problems. I have to go through life living. And when something arises, we handle it, we work on it, we do the best we can, and we move forward. But as long as you're working with good people who believe in who you are and what you're about, you'll be okay. And if you wonder if that'll happen consistently, look up to God and ask him if he loves you, and you'll get your answer. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back with Herm Frazier and Significant Soundbites live in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. It is that part of the show where we do significant sound bites. We're doing it a little bit earlier. It's normally at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time every Friday here on MixLR.com backslash DT. And today it is a little bit earlier. It's significant sound bites. And this segment of significant sound bites is proudly brought to you every single Friday broadcast. And I'm very proud and honored to have the opportunity to share this significant sound bites with Herm Frazier, Senior Deputy Athletics Director for Syracuse University, somebody who is no stranger to the broadcast. And since we changed the name to Significant Sound Bites, because I believe that the people we have on here are not only significant in the community, but significant in what they say and in the advice and kind words that they give, 
I had Floyd Little do this segment when we switched it over, and now Herm Frazier. They just so happen to be great friends, and they just so happen to be two of my favorite people to talk with. So with that being said, Herm is here on the show this morning as we're both in Detroit. Herm, how are you doing today? Hey, doing extremely well. How are you, Dan? Doing very well. And, and Herm, I, I got to give it up to you because you not only come out to these games and, and come out to support the Syracuse team in the NCAA tournament, but you have like the track suit on and Syracuse going, and you get me pumped up. Like I feel like I need to wear that and we need to do a little shoot around. I think like there should be a Herm and Dan time outside of the Syracuse time on the, on the court. Do you think they should give us some time to shoot around a little bit? Hey, Dan, they want to win the games. They, they, they give that to us. We may kind of screw things up a little bit, but you know, I spent a lot of time behind the scenes working with the teams. And when you see me dressed like that, I'm actually coming from the NCAA pre-tournament meeting, in which all the schools are invited, and you go over all the details about what has to happen over the next 24, 48 hours. And so most of the schools wear their school colors and. Actually, the um, uniform I had on yesterday is the one I wore to the meeting in Dayton. So uh, I wanted to make sure that I I was superstitious, and since we won, I wore the same colors. And I was going to ask you about that. In the world of sports, there is some superstition, so so you do hold that a little bit. Have you always been that way? Did you always kind of carry a little bit of superstition? If if you were on a team that had won a game and you move forward or won an opportunity, or if you or if something really good happened when you were wearing a certain thing, did you kind of like pack that in the bag the next time around, the next year around? Have you always been that way? Yes, I have, and and the team actually gets issued. Um, a different apparel allotment for this type of uh, contest. And I, I think I wore mine once, but I didn't wear it in an official capacity. Um, so I stayed with the one that I had like two, three years ago. Speaking here with Herm Frazier, Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University. Herm, to look at you know what you had brought up, the fact that, like you said, you wear your team colors and you support, obviously, what you're doing, what you're bringing forward, and, and the brand that you have. When you go into these meetings and talk about what has to go on, this is behind-the-scenes stuff. And as you said, you know, you're doing so much there kind of in the shadows to make sure that everything runs well and everything's taken care of and all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. What can you say about some of this background stuff and some of the things that you have to do to make sure that everything works well for Syracuse University while they're at the tournament? Well, some of the things that, first of all, there's um, four or five people invited to this competition. Um, It's the athletic director or his designee, which is my position. You also get the director of basketball operations. You get the head basketball manager, uh, Pete Moore, who's our communications director, and Jeremiah, who's our ticket director. All of us represent Syracuse in these meetings. And during the meetings, We'll talk about uh, the proper protocol on how the teams will line up. We'll talk about um, which band gets to play the national anthem. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about where the team's locker rooms are, uh, where the ticket allotments are, what the needs of the head coach are when he has to go uh, to the media. Uh, we discuss when the locker rooms will be open for uh, media people like yourself to be able to have access 
we'll talk about the transition as to when you come back to the same meeting room for uh, the next series of games. Uh, all those things are discussed in the meeting prior to every game that we play. And, you know, when, when you're doing this, like I said, you know, things try to work as seamlessly as possible when the game is going on and before the game, after the game, even yesterday, you know, when, when I flew into Detroit and we're here and there's the practice opportunities and the press conference with Jim Beheim and with Tyus Battle and Frank Howard and whatnot and each of these, these teams kind of flowing through, you know, doing all this background stuff that's you know, people don't necessarily see, but if it all works out okay, then, you know, things things run smoothly. And it's it's kind of like that age old, you know, if you do your job and do what needs to be done, then, you know, people don't don't ask any questions kind of about how this is going on or where it's going on. But you get to be a part of this. And I think that it needs to be a job that, you know, should be definitely thanked because the focus and the attention's on the tournament, what happens on the court and so on and so forth. But for what you do, Herm, I mean, you seem to really love your job, love what you're doing with Syracuse. And like I said, I was like, you know, envious when you walk in the room and, and you and you see you, you know, donned in all those colors and, and just looking, you know, so prideful and so appreciative and so supportive of the community and a beacon for Central New York. Just what you can say about your excitement is because these meetings of, like I said, if you do things right, you don't hear about it. But you seem to have so much enjoyment in this and in being the guy that's in the background making sure that things run smoothly? Well, the thing is, what a lot of people don't realize was after the victory in Dayton, we went back to the hotel, and everybody grabbed their bags, which were already packed, and then we threw them on the bus, and the airplane took off at 2 o'clock in the morning, which would have been uh, the next morning, and then we arrived at the hotel about 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. And then some of us, i.e. Pete Moore, had a meeting as early as 9.30. So the credentials and everything that we need for Detroit were already delivered to the hotel by somebody who's the team host. And I believe uh, our meeting started yesterday at 2.15 p.m., but we left the hotel at 1 to go over to, to get the lay of the Little Caesars Arena, as well as all the other things that uh, we were responsible for. So we were there yesterday from about 1 p.m. until I think I came back to the hotel last night about 7.30. And then there was a treat because I got to go to dinner with um, a few of the coaching staff, as well as Dave Bing and Derek Coleman. So you do those types of things for the love of, of your job, and more importantly, uh, you get to be around those kind of people, <laughs> and I'm laughing because you're simply just at work doing what you want to do. Yeah, you know, and, and, and like you said, the opportunity to go out with Dave Bing and Derek Coleman, just what you can, you know, say about that. I mean, obviously, two of the greatest Syracuse basketball players ever, and Dave Bing, uh, what what he has done and you know, in the political world and, and how he evolved there as well. And seeing both of these gentlemen that have come back to Syracuse, come back to the Dome, supported what Syracuse continues to do today, supported Jim Bayheim, supported the university and the basketball program. Bring me into dinner, you know, if you're a fly on the wall, just what it's like to be around Dave Bing and Derek Coleman and and how that conversation, you know, just kind of what you sit down and talk about and, and, and what life was like if you were a fly on the wall at that restaurant. 
two guys like that, obviously they came from different eras. And you, you get a guy like uh, Dave, who we were talking about, old school NBA, ABA type stuff. And then with Derek, uh, you talk about some recent stuff about, about the time when, and I didn't realize this, when, he, when they went to the national championship that year, he was a freshman. And I was telling him, that's exactly the first time I even went to a Final Four. So to be able to um, sit there and reconnect and talk about uh, that wonderful game and, and how good a Syracuse team that was back in 1986-87 season, I mean, it was just amazing. And, you know, like you said, when you just – you know, I said, what do you do when you're there having, having dinner? You said you just sit back and, and listen – what do you take from, from these guys who have, you know, obviously been living legends and got to continue their basketball careers outside of Syracuse and are still relevant? You know, Dave Bing shows up somewhere, there's respect. Derek Coleman, there is that, you know, respect of the history of, of everything that he did at Syracuse and what he was able to do and the longevity he had in the NBA. And, and you know, obviously with Dave, with, you know, Syracuse to continuing basketball to being somebody who's trying to, you know, stand up at a podium and, and speak positive words and reinforcement into a place that needs it. I mean, just just what you could say of, of these gentlemen and, and the fact that, you know, you always seem to be around people connected with Syracuse, not connected with Syracuse in its entirety, Herm. You know, you seem to be around people that are inspiring and, and moving, and you have a phenomenal job in the sense of being able to have those conversations with special people in this world. And then at the same time, you know, I feel that you are one of those people yourself. So just what you could say about the dynamic of living a life where, you know, you impart knowledge and are a pleasure to have around, and then you get to have other people around that, you know, challenge and inspire you as well? Well, there's no question. Um, for instance, yesterday, you, obviously in the meeting, you had um, Cal State Fullerton, Purdue, TCU, uh, who else? Butler, all the schools there, Arkansas, all the schools there. And yet the producer for CBS was a guy by the name of Craig Silver who I knew for a long, long time. And I'm reaching over to Pete Moore, and I said, oh, I didn't see Craig over there. I said, but Craig used to produce track meets way back 30, 35 years ago. So after the meetings almost concluded and we're heading down to the questions part, Craig Silver starts talking, and he looks up and he says, I just have one question. I want to ask Herm Frazier, how can four people from USC run in a four by four meter relay race last week? They break the world record, but then they don't get the world record. And I, first of all, the question came out of left field and I looked up at him and I said, the reason they don't get the world record, Craig, is because they can't confirm that all four people are from the same country. I said, so in that instance, what it becomes is a world best. Well, some of those people in there got it and understood why he was asking me, but some didn't. So at the end of the day, it then it said who I am in the room representing Syracuse. Now, I have to tell you, what that does is that gives Syracuse a one leg up on some of the things that we would request and so forth and so on. And then the guy who was running the meeting, Jimmy Phillips, from the basketball committee, uh, is the athletics director at Northwestern. 
and Jimmy and I used to work together in Arizona State. So we did have one little issue that I needed to talk to him about, and lo and behold, we got it resolved. So those are the types of things that you try to do, just like you do for your team. You try to get the one-upmanship when you go to meetings like that on behalf of your institution. And that, that one-upmanship, just what you could say about, you know, utilizing your network and making sure that, because it is, it's all about building relationships. I mean, anything that I do day-to-day-to-day to day to day is is about building relationships. It's about having a good rapport with people. I mean, you and I wouldn't be talking this morning, in my opinion, if, if I hadn't built some type of rapport with you. And, you know, it's it's what you utilize. You utilize the network. You utilize your reputation. And you try to show people who you are, stand in front you know, I said to my wife, it wasn't that I went to the press conference for TCU and for Syracuse yesterday. It was that I went to the press conference, asked a question, and made sure that I was the first question in each of those press conferences to start things off. Because you ask certain things of yourself, you want people to know that you're in the room, you want to build a good rapport. So just, just to speak on that, about you know being somebody who wants to be what you see is what you get, wants to build their network and, and wants to demand respect and have proof of how you can back that up. You know, I, Herm, you, you, you always seem to be somebody who takes the time to make time for other people and to give back. So, you know, just to discuss a little further what you said, the one-upmanship. If people know who you are, they know what you are, you're about, they know that, you know, what comes out of your mouth is honest truth, then, you know, they're more apt to help you. No question, and to be honest, uh, Dan, for me, it really started uh, after I got out of college and first got into this business as well, back in um, 1979, uh, because I was always taught to, uh, to give back to my community, to give back to my institution, and so if you go into metropolitan Phoenix, and after... We defeated Arizona State the other night. My phone just blew up from people all over um, Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tempe, whatever, just congratulating Syracuse and also, you know, needling me a little bit, asking me who was I for. Well, I'm for Syracuse University. I mean, Arizona State was in the rearview mirror. It's a place that I uh, matriculated as a young student. It's a place I worked for 21 years. It's a place I have a scholarship in my name, but more importantly, right now, I represent Syracuse. So that was easy for me. But uh, you just hope that all these young people will uh, cherish what they have in front of them to be able to represent their school. And again, I think I saw that last night in the two gentlemen that I mentioned earlier, uh, Dave Bay and uh, also our good friend, Mr. Coleman. Every, all they want to do is talk about their college days and their school. And that's that's the uh, the legacy you want all student-athletes to have. That comment from Herm Frazier, Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University. Herm, before I, I let you go, to, to take a look at that connection between yourself and Arizona State's you know, like you said, you, you represent Syracuse University right now. You obviously show a lot of pride for Syracuse University. And, and despite the fact that you didn't go to Syracuse University, you know, it, it's it's as almost as if you did. It's as almost as if you were a student athlete there yourself because you've bonded yourself to the community and to the message so much. 
to continue on your longevity and, and even having different athletics directors and having them keep you on and keep you there speaks volumes about what you're about and who you are and, and obviously your connection that you have with the community and the university to the community. So when you have Arizona State on one side and you have Syracuse, I mean, these are two pieces of your life. How was watching that game for you? Uh, it, it wasn't bad at all, to be honest with you. It wasn't bad at all because a lot of the people there, um, as far as the athletes, I don't know. Um, I know a few of the administrators, and there's, a, I would say, probably close to 30% of the administrative staff that Arizona State has are people I, I hired. And you got to understand, I've been gone from um, the university as an employee for 18 years. And, and you just mentioned something that's very important to me as well. Uh, you stated my connection with uh, some of the athletes. Well, people like Mike Hopkins, a lot of the former football players, a lot of the uh, former basketball players, they have really, really embraced Caroline and I. And it is kind of interesting because you would think that uh, they've embraced us so well, and they all tell me that they say, hey, we think Herm bleeds orange. And it's the athletes, they say, we we." We think you may have been a Syracuse student athlete. And you're right. I do have that connection uh, with the past already. And and to look at, you know, the connection with, like, with the past and, and now with the present, this team has been five guys, five and a half, six guys. There were six players that played, and I say five and a half with Barama Sidibe having to deal with injury all season long. But we look at Barama Sidibe, Pascal Chuku, Marek Dolajai, Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett. They somehow found a way. They gutted it out. They got to 21 wins so far and moved themselves on. They got in the tournament. They won the play-in game. And now they have an opportunity in the round of 64 to move forward as you and I are both here in Detroit and we'll both be on site at the game. What has this team shown you, not just about basketball, not just about their abilities, but what have they shown you as an example to anybody in any walk of life, any job, about when adversity strikes and strikes hard, you can be successful. You can find a way. You can carve out your own place. What has this team shown you in that respect? Well, first of all, it, it shows you that they are a team because they would never get this accomplished if they all didn't have a certain role in which they had to play a part. So that's the most important part. The other thing is the closeness of the group. Um, they lean on each other. They like to be around each other. They seem like a real fun group. But the other thing is because they play so much, they get tired. And so they just they get their rest. They get prepared to, to, uh, to play. They, they talk to our medical staff. They stay off their feet. And no matter what happens today, they're going to come out and they're going to compete and they're going to get in your grill and they're going to just go represent their school and have fun. Have you seen a team in, you know, any time that you can remember in college basketball, have you seen a team that's had a starting five and maybe one other player, the majority of people playing 40 minutes every single night, a true freshman playing 40 minutes have you ever been around or experienced a team or can remember a team that has done so much with so little and has been in a scenario 
where your feet are not kind of to the fire every once in a while. Your feet are in the fire 24-7 the whole season. Not like this. This is the first time for me in 30-plus years uh, to see something like this and to, to see the success that they're able to have. And so I think it's a tip of the hat to them, our coaching staff, and more importantly, the head guy. And in closing here, uh, two final questions. First one, on you know, when it comes down to the committee, you know, everybody wants to have an opinion on who gets in, who doesn't get in. How do you get in? Do you are you a playing game? Do you have a guaranteed spot? Yeah, a team like Oklahoma got in this year at eighteen and thirteen. Syracuse was there last year. They said Oklahoma played a good half a season, and that's what got them in. Where I could argue Syracuse played a, at least a good half a season last year when they didn't get in. So you know, how much do you have? to say in this, you know, and, and can you as a university plead your case to the selection committee? Is there any conversation that happens before, or is it just closed doors locked and you're just in the dark like everybody else? Zero input and the door is locked. And one committee member told me yesterday, who I mentioned earlier, he said, Herm, once we put you guys in, my phone was ringing off the hook of people complaining. But at the end of the day, we're still standing, and that's all that matters. And the second part of it, Jim Beheim, 42 years, over a 1,000 wins, as we know the truth. Just what you have seen from him, like you said, you know, they, they, they've started to look at you like you played at the university, that you've always been a part of the university, that you've been welcomed into the past of Syracuse University. To be around someone historically like Jim Beheim and to be connected to this university, connected to what he's been doing. Just what you could say about him, because I feel like, you know, people don't obviously get to see his full personality. They don't get to see his comedy. They don't get to see, you know, down to earth side. They don't get to see necessarily how much he cares about and does for his players. So, you know, just what you can say about the man, the myth, the legend, the thousand plus win, Jim Beheim. Well, he does really care about the players. He cares about his staff a lot. He cares about his staff families. And um, there's a lot of things involved in being a head basketball coach now. It's not just going out and dealing with the X's and O's. Um, It deals with a lot of things behind the scenes. And when you've done it for as long as he has, you're you're able to master those things. And uh, I think... We see it on display every day, and I I suspect that's why he just loves what he's doing. And as a quick follow-up to to that, everything that's going on with the NCAA, you know, obviously Syracuse wasn't named in this. So many schools were, a lot of Power Five. Uh, Six of the top ten highest-paid coaches in the country are connected to programs that were implicated in this. Just, you know, what you can say about navigating through through all of this, Herm, and through the challenges that are in today's collegiate athletics and everything that's that's been going on in the in the FBI probe, and and if even if you're not guilty, if there's just that concern that maybe something here or there could happen, because I would I would venture to say that any institution that's under the NCAA right now is kind of just sitting back and, and trying to watch what's going to unfold. You know, as soon as Arizona lost to Buffalo, the question was, how long will Sean Miller be there? Is this the last game we've ever seen him coach for Arizona? So just how you've handled and tackled life 
in the NCAA world that has become very, you know, volatile at certain points and and kind of caught teams in a situation where one day they're fine and the next day they have to answer a lot of questions. No question, and, and it's very, very tough. And so what, what you try to do is, we all know we live in glass houses, and what we try to do is manage as best we can the things that deal with Syracuse University. And, and you mentioned Arizona. Well, last night, after the Buffalo victory, I received a tweet from uh, one of my friends in the great state of Arizona, and it said, uh, Northern, it said, upstate New York took down the Pac-12 because St. Bonaventure won, Syracuse won, and Buffalo and Buffalo moving forward, Syracuse hoping for the opportunity, and St. Bonaventure having a record-setting season. Upstate New York secured their victories over the Pac-12 and secured some respect, hopefully, throughout this country. As always, Herm, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate everything you're doing. I know I'll be seeing you in just a little bit, but thanks for waking up this morning and giving me a few moments. I appreciate it very much. All right, buddy. You take care, and uh, we'll see you later on this afternoon. All right, sounds good. Take care. That coming from Herm Frazier, once again, Senior Deputy Athletics Director at Syracuse University, giving us a ton of information there and some opportunities to hear what happens behind the scenes and what's going on. And we see the games, but, I mean, folks, I mean, being being a part of the media, there are things going on all the time. There were no games yesterday in Detroit. There were no NCAA games yesterday in Detroit, yet I was working for, like, five hours. So, you know, in in this, like, on-site working – I work throughout the day with different things, but, you know, I, I went to the arena and I went to the press conferences and I asked questions and then I got the answers to the questions and got the audio stuff and went and watched practice and shot a bunch of video and do this, that, and the other thing. Then came home and watched the games. And so, you know, it's, it, it's, there's so many things that go on behind the scenes and there's constant work being done so when people are like oh you know Syracuse just has a game at 9 40 p.m eastern time on Friday March 16th there's so much more that goes into it than that and Herm Frazier is such a big part of it and such a big part of the background so I want to thank Herm for everything that he did and and I want to thank him for giving me an opportunity to take someone from the background and put them in the foreground because he deserves to be there and I always appreciate his time and the mutual respect that we have for one another and I thank him for everything that he does to try and make this world a better place, the community a better place. And I thank him for being so open and honest on the show and and taking time to answer questions that are on our minds. So thank you to Herm Frazier for all the work that you do and for being as good to me as you have been from the second that you walked in the door at Syracuse University. We'll take a step aside here for a fast break. When we come back, you will hear my one-on-one conversations from the locker room with the Syracuse Orange after defeating Arizona State to move on to the game that they have tonight. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. 
How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar is your home on the water for every season. Join them on Wednesdays for all-you-can-eat wings, chicken thighs, and drumsticks from 3 to 9 p.m. And on Thursdays, join me, Dan Tortora, for live game show night. A new night out unlike anything you've played before in central and upstate New York every Thursday at 7 p.m. And while you're there on Thursdays at Muddy Waters Kitchen and Bar from 5 to 9 p.m., join them for the barbecue all-you-can-eat buffet with buffet-style sides, ribs, and pulled pork chicken thighs and drumsticks and on wednesdays and thursdays all day happy hour you know how to get it done right at muddy waters kitchen and bar on two oswego street in baldwinsville new york hi this is domenico vitale owner of giovanni's formalware where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you live on location from Detroit, Michigan, as we broadcast Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We have a bunch of games coming up. In today here in Detroit, Michigan, I'm very excited about the opportunities that we have here in Detroit, Michigan. We will have the game between Purdue and CSU Fullerton, as well as Butler and Arkansas, Syracuse taking on TCU, and 
the other game that we have that's here on location is going to be Michigan State and Bucknell. So four different games that are happening in Detroit, Michigan, for the right for a bunch of teams to move forward with an opportunity to get to the Sweet 16. So it be very exciting to see what happens here in Detroit, Michigan. And I want to thank all the teams and their student-athletes and their coaches in advance for all that they do and, and for their positivity and for making themselves available for people like me to spend a few minutes with them inside and outside of the games here. So thank you and much appreciated for all the work that you do. And, and thank you for all your hard work. And it's, it's just crazy to be in the same room as Tom Izzo again with Michigan State and to have an opportunity with Bucknell here, uh, CSU Fullerton, to have an opportunity with with them as well as, you know, other schools like Arkansas and, and a team like Butler, who I've had a ton of respect for from, from a distance and really appreciate all the work that they've done and, and how they've advance themselves in the Big East, which I think is very, very competitive. And as much as I'm an old Big East person, I cannot help but admit the fact that the Big East makes you want to watch basketball. Butler, Villanova, you look at, you know, all the way through that Providence, just really, really, really good teams that are fighting like crazy for an opportunity to get into this thing. And and just the amount of respect that I have for these schools and and, and everything that they're doing. I mean, Creighton, my goodness. There's just there's a lot of talent. And Villanova somehow, you know, continues to be on top of all that. Big big respect to Jay Wright. But there's so much talent in the Big East. And it's going to be a lot of fun to be around and hopefully get some opportunity to speak with Butler as well. So I, I just want to thank everybody that's out here. I want to wish them all the best. You know, you obviously want people to stay healthy, stay well, and play the best game that they possibly can because if you want to if you want to be the best you got to beat the best so you know it'll be exciting to see what's going to happen and we have a full day of games here in the round of 64 day two which means there's there's 16 games today there's 16 games yesterday I went 12 of 16 in my bracket and shall I tell you who I got correct so I had Villanova right and Alabama right in the east bracket I had St. Bonaventure wrong I had Texas Tech right so three out of four in the east bracket in the midwest bracket i had three out of four as well i had kansas right rhode island right and duke right and i had seton hall wrong in the west bracket i had two of four i had south dakota state and ohio state ended up winning that game i had gonzaga who moved on i picked san diego state over houston in a game that i thought would be close and it did not disappoint it was 67 65 houston in that game and then i had michigan correct over montana and then and that is in the west bracket in the south bracket still perfect right now still feeling good no red lines on <laughs> in my south bracket hopefully there won't be kentucky buffalo loyola chicago and tennessee so that's right folks i chose an 11 seed and a 13 seed 11 seeded loyola of chicago over miami i chose that and got that correct and I was one of those people that chose 13-seeded Buffalo over Arizona, not because of a fluke, but because of the fact of two teams that run up the score that have a whole lot of offense. And I just had that feeling inside of me that Arizona, I mean, listen, the Pac-12 hasn't been that strong this year. The committee didn't really push the Pac-12 getting into this tournament you know, they weren't giving them a lot of spots. The only lock was really Arizona. And I feel like if you're coming from a conference that isn't getting a lot of respect, it doesn't have locks for the tournament, that, you know, maybe the competition you're not ready for. And with two teams running up the score on each other, 
Buffalo is a very dangerous team. I told you all season long after they played Syracuse and so on and so forth and coming into it that they've had a good season and that they're a tough out and that they could score 81 points in a game. They scored 89 in this game. They won by 21. So I picked Buffalo because I thought it would be offense versus offense running up the scoreboard, and Buffalo just sped up this game, and I said the running of the Bulls. So I chose this on purpose. This was not a fluke. I put some thought into it. And ultimately, it was the one that I felt like I had to pick. Kentucky and Davidson, I went back and forth like crazy. And with, you know, I guess rightly so, with Davidson only losing by five. But, you know, Buffalo over Arizona, 13 seed. That was on my bracket. And you can go check it out if you want to. But I definitely just, I saw something in Buffalo. And this year, they are a very difficult team to play. And they're going to be a difficult out for anybody. So if you're overlooking them in the Kentucky game, remember what Kentucky almost had happened to them against Davidson and then put Buffalo above that and understand that the running of the Bulls may continue beyond that point. With that being said, continuing here with the NCAA tournament coverage on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora as we broadcast live for the first time ever from Detroit, Michigan. I'm very happy to say that every one of the six Syracuse players that played in the game against Arizona State in the first four in Dayton, Ohio, had an opportunity with each of them, and you will hear from them all now heading into this game and what they had to say. Say we're going to start with Marek Dolajai about attacking inside. I try to attack basket, be aggressive, and I must be more. I lose some baskets, uh, I lose some balls, but I must be more aggressive. The team pulls out the victory. Just what you can say about this win coming off of this one? It was a big win, a tough game, but I'm so happy we won this game. And we must rest and focus on next game. Just speak on the poise of the team and belief amongst yourselves that you could get back, get the lead, and get this victory. Uh, we did it a lot of times this season, and I knew we must only stop uh, them once or twice, uh, get back to the defense, and I knew we can make some baskets, and we did that. It's your first win as a collegiate basketball player. Just what you say about that. Yeah, I'm so happy we won the uh, first game, but we must be happy and focus on the next game. That comment once again from Marek Dolajai in our conversation coming out of Dayton and the first four as Syracuse moved forward past Arizona State in their playing game of 11 seeds to take the outright 11 seed in the Midwest to face TCU, which will be happening tonight right before 10 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up next is Barama Sidibe in our one-on-one conversation on even though he's been hurt all season, how he felt in the game coming off the bench for the Syracuse Orange and helping them against Arizona State. Oh, I felt today I felt very good, money. I wanted to play, but at the same time I gotta earn some trust from the coaches to to put me out there. And I felt very good that, that we win today. So it's always the first game matter. So as long as we win that game, we gotta look forward for the for the next game. You said that you want to earn some trust from the coaches. What did they say to you, say to you after the game? Ah, uh, I know he's always worried about my knee. If wanna see me doing something better instead of playing me first, I mean if you see me doing 
if he see me producing, so I know he's gonna let me play more. But if he doesn't see me doing that from the beginning, he always kind of kind of worry about my name. So, what you can say about your teammate and fellow freshman O'Shea Brissett, what he did in this game, he had 23 points to not only lead Syracuse but to lead all scorers in the game. I think he did a great job tonight. So he hold he hold everybody tonight. So in the first half he wasn't produce, producing that much, but in the second half he did a great job. So what does it amount this team that when people want to count you out, it's never over. I mean, we always we always think it's never over because that's how we how we play basketball. Because like people, no matter what, people always gonna say like we're not you're not good, you're not good on that something. So you just gotta go every day and prove people wrong. So you got your first win as a collegiate basketball player when it comes to tournament time. Just what you can say about getting your first NCAA tournament win. I mean, it feels great to win the first game always. So nobody wanna nobody wanna go home now and sit and sit down for nothing so everyone everybody want to win so if you get win you're happy with it so that coming from Barama City Bay once again of the Syracuse Orange coming off the bench you know outside of the starting five who's the only guy to come off the bench against Arizona State may be that way all the way through it hasn't been able to play at 100 percent but still got out there and tried to do some things for this team and I give him a lot of credit playing through pain and like Jim Beheim said he has pain every day every day it's one thing to walk around. It's one thing to be standing upright and have to deal with it and just wake up in the morning and feel the pain immediately. Try running up and down the floor. So, you know, I don't think anybody should be critical whatsoever by any, in any way, shape, or form of Brahma City Bay because I would ask anybody to play with an injury that's going to affect you when you're not on the court, when you're just sitting, when you're just at home watching television or just having dinner, let alone having to run up and down the floor against teams that are fighting for their lives in the NCAA tournament. So I've had respect for Brahm all the way through, and if you don't, hopefully you will now. Pascal Chuku, big-time free throws down the stretch. Seven foot two, keeps making free throws. Big-time guy. They tried to hack a Chuku, and it didn't work out for them for Arizona State. This is what he had to say about that. I mean, it's something I work on after every practice, every day. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people were surprised that I was able to knock him down, but I wasn't surprised because, you know, in practice, I do knock him down. So I just started to stay um, focused and relaxed and just, you know, stay, um, stay with my routine, you know, and knock him down. There was a foul called on you that could be looked at as questionable. Yeah. They missed the front end of the one-and-one, -and, -one, and then you got the rebound, went down on the other end, and had an opportunity to shoot. It was like an immediate revenge, just what you can yeah. say about that. Um, I was kind of pissed off because I thought the dude actually fouled me because I boxed him out and he he reached over me. Um, I thought that was supposed to be called uh, over the back, but they said I fouled him. So when I got the ball, like I was really really pissed off, and you know I was glad at first, like you know he missed it, and then I, I, I got my shot to go back there, you know, pretty much do the same thing. I, like you said, you know, it was kind of like a moment of revenge. So I just try to focus and knock them down. This team, this Syracuse team this season, seems to make the fan base get to the point of almost having a heart attack and then winning games. Just what you could say about gotten out wins and really never being out of a game. Um, I mean, <laughs> the first thing I got to say is, you know, we do fight, you know, we play, you know, six, seven guys and we have guys playing 40 minutes. You know, that's, first of all, that's not easy. You know, at this stretch, you know, you have guys tired, but they're still going, you know, 100% and making plays and we're able to win, you know, staying together with a lot of, you know, good teams and winning a lot of, you know, 
good games. Now we're still here, you know, still dancing. So I think that speaks a lot for, you know, for our heart, you know, and how hard we play. No, it's, I mean, I think, you know, the way, as a player, the way I look at it is, you know, we do fight, you know, that's at the end of the day, whatever the result is, you know, we, um, you have to be able to know that you did everything you could, and that's what we, um, I think we did. We, I think every game, we absolutely did everything we could, you know, whether we lost or won the game, you know, we still give it our, give it our 100%. Do you feel like there needs still at this point to be a little bit more trust between the guards and you know the big men like yourself that they give you the ball and feed you inside. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think there should be there. Always like you know, coach always you know tells that you know the guards can do all the work for the team. Um, you know when when they play when they you know play them hard that opens up you know inside for the base and we have to be able to step up and you know um, carry some of the load but I think you know them um, making you know players like you know throwing it you know driving and dumping it off that will actually help them because when we make a couple layups inside that will make the defense you know you know spread out and um, open up it uh, open up the floor for a lot uh, for everybody so I think you know I you know I'm not saying they're not doing a good job you know they're doing their true values they true um, dump off and you know I think the team we're doing what we need to do to win and I think that's um you know that's the way it is right now because you know if you look at our team you know, we were able to win a, a lot of games you know 20 games while playing um, um 67 people and you know we won a lot of games so I think we're doing what we need to do to win and that's something that is important to us. O'Shea Brissett just what you can say about 23 points to lead both teams? Um, I think he um he really came to play you know he got hurt and he still came back and was still going 100 percent you know that's you know in games like this when other guys ain't going need somebody to you know step up and make those big plays that he was able to do those so yeah that's plays like you know he does every day in practice so we kind of expect him to do that say for me NCAA tournament for you it's your first time that you got to play in an NCAA tournament game and it's your first win um I mean he does, he does feel good you know it always feels good, good getting this win. You know, it was a good game, and um, I'm just happy that we got the win. That coming once again from Pascal Chuku of the Syracuse Orange in our one-on-one conversation after they advanced past the first four in Dayton, Ohio, to where they are today and where I am broadcasting live from this morning, and that is Detroit, Michigan. For the first time ever, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, live on location in Detroit, Michigan, broadcasting to you on the airwaves, online, live streaming to every single device that you have that has the internet on mixlr.com backslash DT every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, as well as specialty shows and times like this with the NCAA Tournament. That is on mixlr.com backslash DT. Become a member and you will be emailed every single time the show goes live. So the special engagement shows and everything that we're doing, as well as the Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time schedule, it will be sent to you as soon as I hit live in the studio or wherever we are in travel opportunities like here with being live from Detroit, Michigan. As soon as we go live, you get sent an email. All you have to do is open it up and click to listen. It's as simple as that. And you can chat with me in the live chat room. So make sure that you become a member today. Moving on to my conversations one-on-one with the Syracuse Orange, speaking with every single player that was on the floor against Arizona State. Here's Frank Howard on the resiliency, not just of the team against Arizona State, but 
resiliency this entire season by Syracuse? Uh, you know, that's us. You know, that's our identity. You know, um, we're here for that. You know, we're here because of that. You know, uh, we, we fought all year. Um, you know, this is a tournament it's all about. You know, these gut-wrenching games. Uh, you know, these, these games where you got to dig dig deep into yourself uh, and, you know, fight. So that's, that's our identity. You know, we understand that. You know, um, so when we see a deficit on, on, on the score, scoreboard, you know, we, we, we don't shy away from it. You know, we want to attack that. The last time you were in the NCAA tournament, you didn't have a guy like O'Shea Brissett, just so you can say what he's meant to this team, what he meant in this game, to lead all scorers on both sides of 23. Yeah, he's a, he's a special player, you know, uh, only a freshman. You know, he's only going to get better. You know, he's gotten better all year. You know, uh, he had some big shots tonight, you know, grabbed a lot of rebounds for us, and, uh, you know, he won the game for us. What can you say about moving around more? O'Shea said that he puts it on him, especially in the first half, you know, not cutting to the basket and doing different things offensively. <laughs> just what you can say about that, just making sure that you guys are giving each other opportunities and mm -hmm. looking for those looks on offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, attacking against a, a standstill defense, you know, is you know, very hard, you know, and you can kind of see some of the shots we, we get forced into when we're not moving. So I think when we get that movement, we, we had a lot of that down the second half, you know, just with some good movement, getting ball to both sides of the floor and, uh, you know, attacking attacking gaps. So, you know, um, but if we can get movement like that, you know, I think we're, we're very effective on the offensive end. And then lastly, for me, just to look at the fact that last time you were in the NCAA tournament, we obviously know that that was a dangerous time for other teams. Just what you could say about getting in, getting the win, and, and knowing that you have life in the round of 64. Uh, you know, it's a great feeling. You know, when you can win in a tournament, you know, uh, everyone counts. Um, we're going to keep fighting, you know, uh, the tournament. You know, if you look ahead, ahead of your next game, you know, that's how you get beat. You know, so we want to look at our next game, TCU. You know, they're a great team, have a great coach. You know, uh, we'll be prepared. And staying in the backcourt from Frank Howard to my conversation with Tyus Battle, Tyus Battle of the Syracuse Orange, sophomore shooting guard on the team. Just what he can say about even though people on the outside want to count out Syracuse all season long, they've never counted each other out from the inside. I mean, uh, we, we never count ourselves out of the game. You know, people might count us out any, every time we play, but uh, on the corner, there's time left, we know we can get a win. So uh, we keep on fighting, and that guy's win tonight. Moving the ball around and, and moving around in general on offense, O'Shea said in the second half that they were moving around, trying to make some cuts and do some different things. He said, you know, I put it on myself 100% that we need to move more for 40 minutes. Just what you can say about that. On the offensive end? or the Yeah, offensive end. Um, I mean, uh, they made it tough for us to just go one-on-one -on -one and drive to the basket. Every time we got there, there were shot blockers, people taking charges and stuff like that. So we were just trying to move it around a little bit to get openings. O'Shea had some big shots, big threes, big step back. Um, so he definitely saved us tonight. He had a monster game. You've been asked to be the scorer a lot of the time. O'Shea coming onto the team this season and in this game, not just leading Syracuse, but all scorers with 23 points. Just what he's meant as a true freshman and how he really doesn't play like this is his first season. I mean, he's, he's big time. Versus athletic, can shoot the ball, can drive to the basket, and um, uh, he stepped up huge tonight. When Syracuse has life in the NCAA tournament, it can get dangerous for other people, just what you can say about this opportunity. I mean, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for us, um, and that's what we were looking for throughout the whole entire season, just get an opportunity to play in this tournament. And I think we're going to, we rely on our defense a lot, and I think not many people are used to this type of 2-3 zone. We're long, athletic, versatile, uh, so we're, we're going to give a lot of teams 
some problems. And lastly, for me, just about the leadership for you, just what you can say. You've done this season, even as a sophomore, to be a leader of this team, a leader of the locker room, and, and help the team move forward when there are those adversity-style moments. I mean, it's, it's an honor uh, for this university and stuff like that. Um, it's a historic university, and just to be a leader of this team this year, it's an honor for me. And uh, but these guys do an amazing job. They play with so much heart. They keep on battling every single game, and and, uh, that, and that, that's why we're here right now. First NCAA tournament win for you. Just coming off of that. Uh, it's, it's a good feeling, uh, but you can't get too high. You got to be ready for TCU coming up, and uh, we'll definitely be ready for them. That coming once again from Tyus Battle. And before we take a fast break, I want to bring you my conversation one-on-one with O'Shea Brissett here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning on Friday, March 16th, broadcasting live for the first time ever from Detroit, Michigan. And O'Shea Brissett playing through the pain. He came down hard on the first half, fell, which looked like on his hip and then on his back. He rolled over. He had his head or his hand on his head, looked like he was in pain for a while and eventually came off the floor. And then just a couple minutes later, came in to shoot free throws. And here's what he had to say to me about that awesome, awesome conversation about playing through the pain. Here's O'Shea Brissett. Um, you know, I just, just wanted to help my team whichever way I can. Um, I wasn't going to let you know that keep me out of the game, uh, no matter how bad it hurt. You know, I was fighting through it throughout the whole game. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see, I was limping a little bit. My legs kind of slower, but you know, I'm going to be fine. Um, you know, none that I haven't experienced before. This is your first NCAA tournament game. It's your first NCAA tournament win. Just bring me into that moment when you hit the floor. Just what's going through your head? Because I know that you're a never say die type of player. So was it kind of like, hey, you know, if my leg's broken, snap it back into place and let me do what I got to do? Yeah, of course. You know, if I could get up and walk, then I'm able to play. You know, and uh, that's just the mentality that everyone on this team has. You know, any type of pain we feel, we try to get through it uh, because we know how much the game means to us. So, um, whatever. Whatever I was feeling, um, I was just going to get through it. You had 23 points to not only lead Syracuse, but to lead all scorers on both sides. Just what you can say about doing what you need to do offensively. Um, that just comes from my teammates, you know, uh, giving me confidence to get the ball in my spots to score. And um, you know, just that's on me just to convert it. You know, wherever I am, uh, inside or outside, I want to, you know, knock down the three or, or hit the layup, you know, with supreme confidence. And, you know, I feel like I was able to do that today. Some free throws fell, some didn't. Just speak to me about down the stretch, making sure that you got some of those drop? Um, really crucial. You know, got to give a shout out to Pascal. He was, he knocked down those two. Um, but, you know, free throws was a big part, you know, of the game. I feel I missed way too many and if I was able to knock those down, would have been a better game. But, you know, I can't really think about that. We got the win. So, you know, just got to uh, go into Friday, you know, more lots in on free throw shooting. You got the W, but to look at something that's been kind of plaguing the team, maybe frustrating a little bit, shot clock violations. Just what you can say about working the ball on offense. Do you feel like you guys are moving around enough, setting screens, you know, picks, are you looking for each other enough, just what you're seeing offensively? Uh, later on in the second half, I felt like we were doing that a lot more, moving and cutting, and you know, that's when the game opened up for us, um, you know, early on the first quarter and early in the second half, we weren't doing that, but, um, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to watch film and see, you know, what was better, what was working for us, and then we're going to go into our next game with that same mindset that we got to move and cut and get open guys. What happens in the game sometimes where you guys are running the shot? clock down to six seconds and maybe one or two guys has their hand on the ball you know just like you said in the second half you felt like it opened up more because you're moving and cutting and whatnot but why is that not happening all 40 minutes um you know guys just myself included just stand around and you know watch um that's something that we
we got to get get out of our heads. We got to we got to flash, got to cut. You know, just help the guys, help our guards out. You know, they're the ones. You know, the top ties and Frank dribbling the ball around, and you know, it makes them look bad when myself and Marek aren't moving. So, you now I take full full credit of that. Um, I got to start moving a lot more. And you know, like you said, in the second half did a lot, but it should be all 40 minutes. So, you know, we're gonna move on forward with that. This team is constantly counted out, and then you kind of put your finger up, finger up and say, "We got another one to give. We got one more. We got one more after this." Just bring me into that never say die mentality, and that you guys somehow find a way most of the time. Uh, we know that every game matters. Uh, we know that everyone's gonna doubt us. We know they're gonna say what they need to say. But you know, everyone in this locker room is all we got from uh, you know the managers, coaches, players, uh, you know, guys who you know really cheer on, cheer us on. That's all we got. So you know, we're, we're playing for them. We're not playing for anybody else. I gotta ask you about Canada for a second here. Toronto Raptors are doing pretty well NBA-wise. Is yeah. what you could say about them? Uh, you know, rooting for them 100%. I feel we're gonna make it to the finals. So, mind my words, I feel Raptors and uh, Golden State in the finals. I don't know who's gonna win out of that, but you know, I gotta. Uh, Demar Derozan is doing it right now, so I gotta give it to my guys. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you this morning, broadcasting live for the first time ever from Detroit, Michigan. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora has been on the road when it comes to college basketball for the last two weeks. We spent an entire week of shows, plus a bonus show, on Saturday, March 10th in Brooklyn, New York with the ACC Tournament and Championship Week. Had a former Syracuse player on every single broadcast of that for the third year straight. And we got you set for the NCAA Tournament and opened up our bracket challenge while we were down there, which 315 people are in, so kind of awesome and kind of amazing that the 315 
came out to represent with 315. So much appreciation, everybody that did that. And you can link your bracket pool to any school. So if somebody's searching a school, they can see it easier. We are the highest Syracuse-connected bracket in the world on the Yahoo Tourney Pick'em. So with the Syracuse logo, any bracket with the Syracuse logo, wake-up call because of you. Wake-up call is the most joined Syracuse-related bracket in the world of over 30,000 bracket pools this year because you're awesome and amazing. And being a numbers guy, just like Lawrence Moton, 315, Syracuse, 315 members, kind of all just seem to work out perfectly. So thank you and a big shout-out to each and every single one of you who became part of the Wake Up Call Bracket Challenge. I was, I <laughs> will go into how many I had right in day one. I did good in day one of the round of 64, so we'll discuss that in just a little bit. But in this part of the show, in the morning menu, inside a Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, it's time to hear from the coaches. I had an opportunity in the press conferences heading into the matchup between TCU and Syracuse to speak with Jim Beheim as well as the opportunity to speak with Jamie Dixon, former Pitt head coach, who is now the head coach in his second season with the TCU Horned Frogs and has gotten them back to their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1998. So with that being said, I proudly am here to welcome you these conversations from Detroit, Michigan, in Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's coverage of the NCAA tournament. Here is Jim Beheim's response to me about how the team has stayed together throughout the whole year. No one's blamed each other in the ups and downs. And no matter what's happened, they've remained close. This is what he had to say about that. Well, we've never blamed anybody for anything in 42 years, so we're not going to start now. Um, you know, we go out, we do the best we can, what we have, and this team has played, you know, as hard as you could ask them to play. They've Every game they've competed. Because of the way our schedule ended up setting up, um, everybody we played had a chance, and in the, in, in the way we are, uh, everybody that we played this year had a legitimate chance to to play with us or beat us, starting with you know Texas Southern and Iona and Buffalo and you know all the teams we played early. Uh, we had to maximize our effort in each one of those games to win. Um, we've struggled at times offensively. At other times, we've done some really good things offensively, but. Given the limitations and the numbers, uh, uh, I, I couldn't ask uh, anything more from this from this group. Jim Beheim echoing the words that I said this season about this team. You know, given the limitations that they have had, and you know the lack of depth and opportunity for guys to come off the bench and help out the starters. What more could you ask from a Syracuse team that, with five, five and a half, sometimes six guys? got you to 21 victories so far in 34 games and has you living on in the NCAA tournament. Coming up next here is the other side of the matchup in my conversation with Jamie Dixon. And just what Jamie can say he's seen the last couple seasons. He's been with the TCU Horned Frogs, who that's his alma mater. That's where he played basketball. He had an opportunity 
to come back and left Pittsburgh where he had been for a very long time to do so. And in the last two years, he has helped his TCU Horned Frogs team to get back to the NCAA tournament. So just what he's seen out of the team and what he's experienced the last couple of years since returning to TCU as their head coach. Well, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I obviously I think uh, you know Trent Johnson was a very good coach before. He recruited some really good players. He coached them hard. Had some tough breaks with injuries and uh, things that occurred. Uh, um, so I mean, I took over what was probably a better program than people uh, uh, knew. Um, the uh, support from administration's been you know has been unwavering and committed and. You know, sometimes we got to say, well, this is kind of how it's got to be done and what we need to do. But, you know, just Chancellor Boschini and um, his uh, commitment to, to me and uh, belief belief in what we're doing is, you know, coaches need that. And uh, he gave it to to me, and so I uh, thank him for that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a process. And, yeah, if, you know, I, I, we never put a timetable on it. The belief was to win and win right away. And... Uh, uh, I said that at the press conference. You're probably not supposed to say that, but I did. And uh, I wasn't into, you know, just, you know, give me a five-year plan and, and uh, um, just uh, I believe you got to turn, turn it right away and start turning as much as you can and get every guy you can to buy in. And sometimes guys won't and you move on. But uh, uh, we, we got a good group and we're lucky. We had high-character guys in our senior class last year that took to uh, uh, less playing time, less scoring, sacrificing. Uh, but the end result was an NIT championship, which was huge for us. Just huge for anybody. I mean, because you see the teams playing last night and tonight and going forward. I mean, those are all high-powered programs. Um, so it was huge for us and just a great step in getting us better. So it's been, you know, it's it's it seems like it's been that quick, but it's yeah, there's been a lot of work put in, a lot of sacrifice. And I really point that we call them the believers, those four seniors. I mean, their numbers won't, you know, we got a big picture on the wall of in our practice facility of those four guys, and and they're great kids. All four graduated, and all four are around campus all the time. And um, a couple of them played overseas this year, but they really believed in what we were doing and, and uh, sacrificed. And you, you you need things like that, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do. So it's been it's been fun, uh, and. Uh, but at the same time, we don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be the teams just here, you know, happy that we reached the NCAA tournament. We want to. We want to. We're good enough to win some games and and, and beat some people. But uh, uh, we got a tough one, the first one already. So uh, that's what it is. That coming from Jamie Dixon in my opportunity to speak with him in the press conference heading into the matchup between TCU and Syracuse and with TCU and Syracuse knowing each other all too well you think well how can that be so how can TCU and Syracuse know each other one's in the southwest one's in the northeast they don't play each other well Jamie Dixon went up against Jim Boeheim a lot (laughs) in recent history and here is Jamie Dixon on being familiar with Syracuse and the matchup as well as Jim Boeheim yeah I mean uh you know, obviously the the Pittsburgh Syracuse uh, matchup was a was a rivalry and uh, historic games and so many great uh, matchups and and so many uh, uh, over so such a long period of time. But um, you know, I joked uh, with somebody earlier that you know maybe we can start up the Syracuse TCU rivalry and uh, get that going uh, uh, the Northeast versus the, the Southwest and see how that carries. But uh, certainly. Uh, you know, obviously, I have great respect for Coach Beheim, and we can talk basketball and, and different things. But as I mentioned earlier, with Coach, I mean, uh, when I went to Pittsburgh as an associate head coach, uh, new Coach Hopkins um, had a, was friends with him. 
Um, through that, I think we came pretty close with uh, uh, Coach uh, Coach Beheim when, when Ben and I came that way. And then uh, there was Jim Zezatek, who I'm sure some of you guys know, Syracuse guy who's lived in Pittsburgh and was a good friend. And uh, through that, it seemed like we just were closer attached to those guys right away. Um, once I became head coach, I, uh, um, you know, he, he was really uh, uh, forthcoming and, and, you know, and, and welcoming, I should say, uh, to me uh, when I became a head coach young. I think I was 36, similar to him in a lot of ways, taking over a program. And uh, I think similar in that they didn't want to give him the job either, and they didn't want to give me the job either, but we kind of got it uh, at the same time. And I always looked at him with great respect because he'd been at a place for so long and certainly something that I uh, was able to do too as well and uh, very proud of that. But um, the thing I remember most is that he would, uh, how he reached out to us and uh, reached out to me, and, uh, and I, I watched him, how he was involved in other uh, outside activities, whether it be the coaches versus cancer, he got us involved in that. In my family, uh, my my wife Jacqueline, his wife Julie, they communicated on how to get that started and running that. Um, NABC, I think I got the approval from him uh, that I could be on the NABC. I got the okay, so I think that helped. Uh, Jim knows how that stuff works, the politics and. Uh, uh, all different things. So I, I, I often joked with them that I spent my off season listening to Jim uh, speak at different uh, events, whether it be the Nike trip, which he pretty much ran that too. Uh, USA basketball, he got me on that to coach the USA team uh, in the World Championships. So he got me involved in that. So I would I would joke and we'd hang out on the Nike trip and and we'd talk about different things and and I'd laugh. Well, here I go here I'm listening to uh, him give him the state of the game. So obviously I respect him. More so for the uh, for all the wins, and I think everybody knows about that. But all the things he did outside basketball, and and invited me in, and and, and pointed me in the right way, I think too. This is a wake up call, fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The Penn and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. 
This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. want to give a thank you to every single one of my special guests on here today that included Senior Deputy Athletics Director Herm Frazier of Syracuse University. <clears throat> I also want to give a special thanks to Jamie Dixon, the head coach of TCU and former head coach of the Pittsburgh Panthers. I want to give a thank you to Jim Beheim, head coach, 42nd year of the Syracuse Orange, as well as to all the Syracuse players that were on the broadcast today. O'Shea Brissett, Pascal Chuku, Marek Dolajai, Barama Sidibe, Tyus Battle, and Frank Howard. And I also want to get into a question that I had asked to Kenrich Williams in the press conference and I can read it off to you here since we don't have audio for it this morning, just what he can say about Jamie Dixon as a head coach and what he's done for the program and how he's helped you <clears throat> to get back into the tournament. Kenrich said, I think he's a great coach. What he brought for our program is a winning mentality coming from Pitt. He's been to the tournament many years, so he brought that back to TCU, and he was able to come in and teach us some things and really just guide us to get here at this point where we're at right now. That coming from Kenrich Williams of the TS, TCU, pardon, pardon me, TCU Horned Frogs taking on the Syracuse Orange. TCU, the sixth seed coming out of the Big 12, and Syracuse, the outright 11 seed after winning in the first four over Arizona State, coming out of the ACC. Plenty of games coming up today from Detroit, Michigan, that I will be on site for. Purdue taking on CSU Fullerton, which is a Purdue and CSU Fullerton that is a two seed for Purdue and CSU is a 15 seed. There will also be Michigan State going up against Bucknell. Michigan State a 3 seed. Bucknell a 14 seed. Butler will be taking on Arkansas. Butler a 10 seed. Arkansas a 7. And Syracuse the 11 seed one more time taking on 6th seeded TCU. All from here in Detroit. And if you want to follow along, go on to facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt on Twitter at calldt. And on Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT. If you don't have social media, you can go straight on to wakeupcalldt.com. And on the tab, Who's DT, you can click on the Fan Cave. I'll also put those links on social media for those of you that need them there. But you can go to wakeupcalldt.com, Who's DT, Fan Cave. Click on that, and that will give you a an update feed area for you to kind of, kind of a thread of what I'm taking away from the games here in Detroit So you'll be able to see all of that and get a feel for that. For those of you that do have social media, make sure that you watch the videos on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt, Twitter at calldt, and Instagram at wakeupcall underscore dt to see all the videos that I took from TCU's practice as well as Syracuse's practice and so much more about the pictures that I had outside and uh, the videos that I did at, at Comerica Park for the Detroit Tigers 
and the video that I did outside of Ford Field speaking on the Detroit Lions. So I put some polls up here on Twitter. I love to do that, as you know. So there's some the polls that I have up right now are for everybody that's a Detroit fan of something. Who's your favorite pro team if you had to put your feet to the fire? Is it the NHL's Detroit Red Wings? the NFL's Detroit Lions, the MLB's Detroit Tigers, or the NBA's Detroit Pistons. I'm also putting up who you consider to be the biggest upset of the first day of the round of 64 in this year's tournament, Buffalo over Arizona or Loyola Chicago over Miami. And there's other polls that are up there as well that you can check out and vote in. So make sure that you do that as well as Zach Zenner was re-signed as a running back for the Detroit Lions. And I asked if you Loved it, liked it, disliked it, or strongly disliked it. And the voting has started off to those of you that either love it or dislike it. Nobody has strongly disliked it. Nobody's just liked it. So you're either all in or you're kind of not in at this point. So with that being said, we're going to round out today's show with Through the Looking Glass, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass events that we typically do on Thursday show, but we couldn't do Thursday show because we were traveling here for the tournament. So we will do that now here in just a moment, and we will also do the ingredients to success to make sure that you have that proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. So we're going to bring that all to you this morning as we are working to make sure that every single one of those segments that you listen in a wake-up call for throughout the week is here for you today. So kind of a jam-packed segment day and you know, with, with ingredients to success typically being on Tuesdays, We'll bring that into you today. So the ingredients to success proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. It is right across from the Sweetheart Corners, and you can definitely go out and see them 628 South Main Street all throughout the week. You can call them for catering, takeout, and for delivery by calling 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. So you're watching the SU game tonight. You're getting ready. You're getting excited. You're in central New York. It's been snowing, so you need something that's that tastes awesome, and it's relaxing. And if you're celebrating Lent, then get yourself a pizza. That's what we always did, Fisher Pizza during Lent. So get yourself a slice. Get yourself a pie by going over to Utica Pizza Company. You can call them up for catering, delivery, and takeout once again at 315-214-3060 to make sure that you get that great food home to the family so you can watch the game together with some Utica Pizza. Watch it around the dinner table and have the dinner table with Utica Pizza right at the center. And hopefully... It doesn't come down to that last slice with a couple hands on it, but it usually does. So just find a way to cut it in half and make everybody happy. And then uh, for those of you that want to dine in, obviously they'll be showing the game at Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. Ingredients to success. Well, we're going to go into that Syracuse TCU game. (laughs) Ingredients to success for Syracuse. I mean, point blank, the, the most important thing. It sounds fundamental. It sounds, you know, rudimentary. It sounds elementary, but... You know, the the fact of the matter is Syracuse needs to move on offense. You heard O'Shea Brissett and I speak on that. Syracuse has to move. They don't move enough. They don't look for each other. They stand around and watch the basketball. It's a bunch of guys that are congested in one area, passing the ball around the arc, and it's very easy to defend, hence why so many people confront you because they know that you're not going to go anywhere. And that's been an issue for Syracuse is that Frank will be at the top of the key. He's got a defender on him. Tyus Battle comes over and takes the ball very close by, and they just pass it back and forth, and they're trying to get through, and they act like 
there's a glass that there's a plexiglass bubble in front of them when in actuality you break that bubble by sending somebody to the high post sending people cutting down to the basket and how i have said this over and over and still don't understand why they don't do it if they can flash O'Shea Brissett to the basket, have him come off a pick and roll, have him cut, whatever it may be, even have him come down the baseline. He's going to get some dunks and some opportunities. Not everybody's going to be able to beat him down the line. Yeah, they might tip a pass here, there, and everywhere, but you got a seven foot two guy in case they tip a pass. And for O'Shea, I mean, I would have him flashing and cutting and screen and roll and pick and roll to the basket all day long. It's beyond me why they haven't done it. He said he needs to move more, so hopefully he will take his advice and do so if this team wants to move on. That's a huge ingredient to success for the Syracuse Orange. Another ingredient to success for the team is to you know make sure that they're active on defense. TCU's got a lot of shooters, and they were shoot they were doing three point shooting drills for a big part of the practice that I was able to be a part of and shoot video at. And like I said, you can see that on all of our social media on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. They got a lot of shooters, a lot of guys, five, six guys that can make threes on that team. And they were doing that over and over and over again. Shooting three, rotate, shoot three, rotate, shoot three, rotate, shoot three for 15 minutes. Take a, you know, blow the whistle, go to the other side, shoot threes for 15 minutes, and blow a whistle, go to the other side. I mean, they just, they did. They're playing a 2-3 zone. Two, three zones are not set up to play well against teams that shoot well from the outside. And so TCU was taking as many threes as they possibly could in practice, in my opinion, to be prepared to take down Syracuse from the outside because the two, three zone is going to have to be very agile. And there's going to have to be a lot of movement and a lot of hands up because just by sheer definition, the two, three zone is not meant to stop three-point shooters, especially hot three-point shooting teams, as you've seen Syracuse go up against that. And if they didn't have a cushion against Wake Forest at home, could have been a very different game. So, you know, Syracuse, as they move forward here, is going to be playing up against a TCU team that's going to want to shoot these threes and has, from what I saw, at least five to six guys that are more than capable of making some shots. So with that being said, ingredients to success, hands up, move around, make good decisions in the 2-3 zone. If you're on the wings like Marek Dolajai and O'Shea Brissett and you got to cheat forward a little bit, make sure you're watching the baseline, watching the guy in the corner, as well as moving up. That's a tough job to be on the wings. It is. If you're in the top of the 2-3 zone, you're you're right in you know you're going to the guy right in front of you at the top of the key and then you're shifting to the left side you're shifting to the right side you're looking at the high post if you're a wing person it's not shifting back and forth side to side it's shifting up and down side to side up and down side to side so you know with this 2-3 zone knowing that there's going to be a bunch of shooters on this team capable of making shots from what I could see and what I took away from the practice O'Shea and Marek Dolajai they're going to have to move a lot <laughs> and they're going to have to be very, very tenacious and very aggressive and make sure that they have their hands up. They can't leave a guy open. I mean, if Frank or Tyus needs some help at the elbow of the three-point line, 
they're going to have to cheat up a little bit while still watching that back door or watching the guys on the baseline. So, you know, that it's a big part of this. It's a, it's a big opportunity. The Big 12 doesn't typically play defense in football, and there's the notion that they don't play defense in basketball either. So that could bode well for Syracuse, but only if Syracuse moves the ball around well and looks for one another. If they don't have good ball movement and they're just kind of stagnant on offense, then this will turn into TCU's game very quick. I'm confident the TCU is going to make shots. I'm confident the TCU is going to want this to be a 70 to 80 point game. So Syracuse's offense cannot afford to be stagnant, cannot afford to go out there and just kind of see what happens and move along, you know, lackadaisical, so to speak. So they need to get through this whole feeling of, you know, just this lackluster side of them. They have to get rid of it. They have to overcome it and they have to get rid of it because they cannot afford to do what they're doing. They cannot afford to just sit around and watch the basketball. And and that's what O'Shea said. O'Shea said, listen, he goes, I put it on me in Marac. And he said, I'll take 100% on me that I have to be better about it. I can't just stand around and do nothing. I have to I have to bring more to this team. I have to do more for this team. And he said in the first half, I felt like we just stayed around and watched the basketball. And that is something that is crazy that, you know, somebody can admit yeah, you know, we just we just kind of look at the basketball. And I don't know why we do it, but we just kind of do it. You know, at this point in the season, you can't afford to just get by. These teams are going to play you. They're going to play you tough. And like I said, on offense, it's going to be kind of like a beehive for TCU attacking Syracuse's zone. You have a bunch of different shooters, and you have a head coach in Jamie Dixon that has Jim Beheim's number and knows how to beat Jim Beheim and knows how to take care of this 2-3 zone. So that means that this team is going to have to be on their P's and Q's. They're going to have to work the ball around. I'm talking about all the fundamental stuff. Pick and rolls, screen and rolls, set the screen, move the ball around. God forbid, call some plays. If Syracuse went in there and called three plays in this game, three plays, they'd stun the world. They'd stun TCU and they'd stun everybody else if they had, if they literally went out there and just started calling plays. Just started calling plays because nobody would expect it. Nobody would be ready for it. So it's fundamental stuff that you learn when you're in, like, elementary school, but it hasn't been instituted. They've gotten this far. This is a good team. they got a lot of good players. They have done so much with five, five-and-a-half, six guys. They've won 21 games this season. They made it to the NCAA tournament. They won their play-in game. They have another opportunity to move forward into the round of 32. This team is deserves your respect, commands your respect. And if you don't respect them at this point, it's because you've either not watched the games, you have no idea what you're talking about, or you or you just don't want to admit that maybe you were wrong and that maybe Syracuse is doing some good things. At 21 and 13 with six players at best, show me anybody else in the nation that's doing something like that. So big shout-out to Syracuse for all the work that they put forward and everything that they have done. Their ingredients to success – are constructive, not destructive. They know they need to move around on offense. They know that they have to be tenacious. And, you know, basically just watch what other teams do to you. The hot potato of passing the ball in like an X fashion through the 2-3 zone, just watch that. When you pass the ball quick in the 2-3 zone, no matter how fast people are, they got to be extremely fast and extremely with it. And these guys are playing 40 minutes. So if TCU's pass, 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 five to seven passes every single possession, guess what? Even three to five they're going to find some open looks. And if they knock those down, it's going to be a long day for Syracuse. So use what teams use against you against them. 
pass the ball consistently, but look inside. Teams know how to defend Syracuse and, and defend Syracuse so well because they know that Syracuse is not going to look inside. Nobody's cutting. Nobody's posting up, and if they are posting up, nobody's looking for them. And when guys cut to the basket, nobody's passing to them. So, of course, it's really easy to get the shot clock down, and of course it's really easy to front your Syracuse player because you know that they're going to stand out on the three-point line and just wait for an open jumper instead of looking around. If you know that a team is one-dimensional and is staying beyond the arc, then all you have to do is send two or three guys to cheat up. You know that they're not going to dump the ball inside, so... You just push them out farther and farther and farther and force them to take a, con- a, a contested, ugly shot with six seconds left on the shot clock. Defenses are not beating Syracuse because they're phenomenal. Defenses are beating Syracuse because Syracuse is beating themselves by not working the ball around, not calling plays, and not looking for one another on these screens and these cuts and whatnot. If Syracuse was moving on offense, if it wasn't just Tyus and Frank dribbling the ball and three other guys looking around, if they were moving back and forth, if they were cutting, and then on the side of Frank and Tyus, if they were actually looking for those players, it sounds fundamental, it sounds easy, it sounds like you get taught in kindergarten, but in all reality, if Syracuse did a little bit more of the fundamental basic stuff on offense, you would see this team be able to hang with a TCU team that wants to get to 71 in this game. It's as simple as that. And then finally here for the show with Through the Looking Glass, a deeper look at a trending topic. Looking Glass Events proudly plans your event throughout Central and Upstate New York. All year long they're doing events. Call them at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. With Kara Wasserback and Looking Glass Events, your event planning company. The next time you get ready to plan an event, thinking about planning an event, no matter how big or how small you think it is, make sure you make a phone call to the right people, and that is to Looking Glass Events at 315-702-4653. Deeper look at a trending topic. Well, we spoke about Buffalo and how they've shocked the nation. They didn't shock me. I voted voted for I picked them. You know, they didn't shock me in this game. I look at an Arizona team from a conference, like I said, that wasn't regarded as strong this year. And normally the committee over the last couple of years is obsessed with the Pac-12. Not this year. Arizona gets the, you know, is, is atop the Pac-12. So, of course, they're going to get a bid and get an opportunity. So they did. And they're a team that isn't out there really to play defense. They're out there to outscore you. Buffalo's a team that can run up the scoreboard. So you got two teams wanting to get to 70, 80 points. And Buffalo is extremely tenacious, the running of the Bulls. They had a phenomenal season. They were at the top of their division in their conference. And they won their conference tournament. And they played well. And even in losses, they played better. And this was this is the year where Buffalo really showed themselves nationally and said, you don't want to play us. They were that perfect team coming into the tournament that people would underestimate and think, oh, if they win, they're a Cinderella. They're not that good. They can't do that much. They're not from a big conference. Yada, 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 mid-major, low-major, which are two terms that I can't stand hearing. So people wanted to overlook Buffalo. And Buffalo, from the beginning of the season, when Syracuse squeaked out a win over them, all the way through – Buffalo was this team that I said, I was like, you don't want to play Buffalo. 
And pretty much whoever Buffalo was going to play in the NCAA tournament, I was going to pick Buffalo, at least in the round of 64. And when they got Arizona, I thought about it for a little bit, but ultimately I was like, I'm 90% Buffalo in this one. I got to go with Buffalo. It's as simple as that. I had them as a 13 seed. I put them as a 12 in the 11th hour, and they ended up putting them as a 13 seed. And, you know, it made perfect sense that that was where they were going to place them with how the NCAA selection committee tends to look at some of the conferences that are not inside of the Power Five, Autonomous Five of the Pac-12, the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten. So, you know, they got put in a place where, you know, they were going to have a really tough matchup and not a lot of respect. And it's like been there, done that. But anybody that's watched Buffalo knows that they're going to get out and run with you. And if you're going to play a game with them where it's going to be about outscoring each other, I leaned on Buffalo for that, and they got the victory. So congratulations to the Buffalo Bulls as they are moving on past the Arizona Wildcats. And I thought it was awesome what Herm Frazier had to say, that he got a message on uh, on Twitter that said, Upstate New York took down the Pac-12 this season in the NCAA tournament, and they did. St. Bonaventure beat UCLA, Buffalo beat Arizona, and Syracuse beat Arizona State. So a deeper look at a trending topic, Upstate New York, 3-0 against the Pac-12. That says something awesome. And all from different conferences. All from different conferences. So it's not only about being 3-0 against the Pac-12. It's about three being 3-0 against the Pac-12, where Syracuse is in the ACC, which is respected, but Syracuse not getting a ton of respect this year. So Syracuse is in a respected conference in the Power Five, but wasn't necessarily respected this year. And then you look at St. Bonnie's coming out of the Atlantic 10, which you should definitely respect because there's a hell of a lot of talent. And I mean, if you look at the Atlantic 10 and you talk about bracket busters, Rhode Island, St. Bonnie's, Davidson, St. Joseph's, VCU, St. Louis, George Mason, Richmond, Dayton, they've all bracket busted somebody at some point in their history, if not recently. And then as far as Buffalo goes for the conference that, you know, they came out of in the Mid-American, the MAC, you know, Buffalo was on the east side of these things, and they were above Kent State and Miami of Ohio, Bowling Green, Ohio, and Akron. And then on the other side, there was Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Ball State, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, and Northern Illinois. And Buffalo was able to get that victory, take care of business. They had the best overall record in the conference at 27 and 8, and had the best record in the conference at 15 and 3, and won the conference tournament. So keep overlooking these teams, and they will keep showing you why that's a bad thing. But people are going to do what they want to do, they're going to think the way that they want to think. You can't help how people think, you could just help how you react to how they think and what's going on. So Buffalo went in there took care of business as I planned them to do and saw them doing. And so they helped my bracket. Thank you, Buffalo. (laughs) And they helped themselves bigger than anything else. And they should be very proud of themselves as they move forward into the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament against a Kentucky team that was pushed to the brink by Davidson from the A-10 in the same conference as St. Bonaventure. So a big congrats, a deeper look at a trending topic. St. Bonnie's, Buffalo, and Syracuse take out the Big 12 from the NCAA tournament. That is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We are live from Detroit, Michigan, and I will be on site at all the games in Detroit. We have four games today, Purdue against CSU Fullerton, Michigan State against Bucknell, as well as Arkansas and Butler, and, of course, Syracuse and TCU with the nightcap. I am more than happy to welcome you on to Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. Make sure you like the page. On Twitter at Call DT, make sure you follow there and follow on 
Instagram at wakeupcall_dt. We're also on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You will find everything I just said, plus the RSS feed, the downloadable app on the iTunes Store, and the downloadable app powered by Podbean, all on wakeupcalldt.com with over 500 article articles as well and a game story on every single game that I've covered through the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, be it Radford, be it St. Bonaventure, of course, Syracuse, North Carolina, Duke, so on and so forth. Go to the Right Now page and read those there. There's also a Tourney Central page that will give you the information. And on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, which you can get by going to the RSS feed, the iTunes store, as well as the app powered by Podbean, that has over 900 different audio files for you to listen to, including everything that we've been doing down here and the individual interviews with people like Jim Beheim, Jamie Dixon, as well as the Syracuse Orange as they head into this matchup. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless to you all. And to all the St. Bonnie's fans that we've gained over the last few days, thank you for your positive words. And to one of the fans that said that they've been listening to my show and made the statement that no one else had better coverage of the St. Bonaventure Bonnies more than Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Words like that make you kind of step back and <laughs> you don't know what to say. Yeah, it's amazing. So, thank you to each and every single one of you that Find something that you appreciate and that you like, whether you're listening, watching, and or reading on wakeupcalldt.com and beyond. And thank you to Detroit, Michigan for welcoming Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here live on location. Proud to be here. Third city in two weeks to broadcast the show live from. God bless and thanks to you all. Thank you to God for everything that he does. Thank you to my grandmothers, my grandfathers, my parents, my wife, my dog Lily, my friends, all the companies that I'm blessed to believe in me and me believe in them and uh, to everything. So thank you so much. I am more than proud to do what I do. And I'm so happy that Detroit has, has finally become a, another location that I get to broadcast live from. God bless you, Detroit. I hope nothing but the best for you moving forward. I'll talk with you soon.